minutes to stop being recorded. Is this? Are we going? It just started. Ben always loves to <laughs> loves to secretly record, and we're yeah, like, "Are we recording?" Like, and he's like, "I don't know." Yeah. Like, Are we recording? Maybe it started. Recording it's possible. Ten minutes ago, maybe it didn't. Who Shit. knows? Um, over the weekend, someone spilled beer on my laptop. Oh. They were staying the night over at my apartment. Spicy. And my laptop was on the end table. Someone just honked their horn. Yeah. <laughs> my laptop was on the end table. And I woke up and there was there was no beer cans or anything. So I picked up my laptop and it was dripping. Ooh. And I was like, oh, hell no. So it happened and no one said anything? No one said anything. And there was like a ring, like, oh, like a circle right here. So someone put their beer can on top of it and then it spilled and thank god it didn't damage my laptop like okay. my laptop was funky for is a second the laptop? this is the laptop oh, so it's god. working fine i literally <laughs> i literally have nice. all of my work from freshman year to now on this laptop oh god and um that i always refer back to it like traumatic. if i'm doing similar projects or something so mm. yeah i was very upsetty spaghetti and then for like a day my laptop smelled like beer and then it was fine so yeah, there's that. Oh, wait. I sure it wasn't you that put the beer can on your I'm pretty laptop? sure. Pretty sure it oh. wasn't me. I don't think I would put anything on my laptop, honestly. I don't know. Like, this was like $800. Yeah. I don't but, know. Uh, Fair enough. You got to keep that safe. Yeah, exactly. I'm not finding anything on, on that old game, but oh, I, I'm I pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Okay. It's so... I'll look it up later. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's part of Mandela Effect. Right what? Maybe it's part of Mandela Effect. Maybe. I thought you said you got a new deadlift, like, no. PR. I was like, what is it? No, no, I was no, like, good no. job, Jordan. I'm so proud of you. No, no, no. What did you do? We were supposed to max out this week, but turns out they changed it. Never mind. Oh, well, that's good then, right? Or did you want to max out? Uh, hit or miss. Depends on if you Depends if I'm get a new PR or not. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I destroyed. Okay, so I was at the gym, and... uh. We were doing, I was with my friend, and we were doing leg day. So we did, like, a bunch of squats, deadlifts, uh, hip thrusts, all the good stuff. Yep. And um, I always hang. Like, I just, like, grab a bar and then hang, like, do dead hangs mm-hmm. for 10 seconds because it feels really good on my back. Mm-hmm. So after I did all of that, I went and I just grabbed a bar and I was hanging there. And as soon as I put my feet back on the ground, I had, like, shooting pain up my spine. And I couldn't stand anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Yeah. I that literally like I was holding I was like hanging. I had to sit and hang because I couldn't put any weight on my legs cuz my back hurt so bad. And I look over at my friend and I I tend to pass out like when I see blood or something. Mm-hmm. So she thought I passed out because I was so pale cuz I was in so much pain and I thought I 100% thought that she was going to have to carry my ass out of there. We we're going to have to go to the ER right now and get a freaking I thought I was paralyzed. I could not stand up. And then I sat, I like eased myself onto the ground with my arms. I sat on my butt and like touched my toes. And after that, I was able to stand up and put weight on my legs. But uh, it still hurt. Like whenever I did, whenever I move a certain way, it would like hurt. Mm. And then the next day it was fine. So it was like weird. But then I did the same thing today Mm. at the gym today. Same experience? Same experience. Exact same thing. I was hanging. I need to stop hanging. I thought it was from deadlifts. (laughs) I thought my deadlift form was wrong. So I was like, hey, I just won't do deadlifts for a while. Let my back, you know, because doing deadlifts is really easy to hurt your back. And turns out it's from hanging. It feels like my back can't support my lower body. So it's like 
it just sprains or something. Mm. I don't know. But same thing happened today. But I was by myself, so I, I knew what to do. Just sit on my butt and stretch out my back. But mm-hmm. Have you done any research into that? No. To what it could be? God, no. That's really curious. Uh, it's weird. My mom has really bad back, too. So Ooh. I think it's kind of just trial and error. But I have to go to the hospital. Jordan and I, last week, we were talking about my finger. Oh, yeah. I have surgery March 1st Ooh. to get nice. this cyst out of my finger. And I'm very excited because I'll be able to do the monkey bars. Maybe mm. not. Maybe if my back is a little bitch, I won't be able to do my monkey bars. Hmm. Or I can just man up. Or you could just you man could up. You could just man up, yeah. But Good point. Yes, true, very true. Just be paralyzed. Scrub. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I don't need to walk. Okay. You're at a gym. What else are you doing? Crawling. Handstands. <laughs> Living. Leaving? Is that what you said? I said living. Oh, living. But not leaving. You're in the gym. What else are you doing? Leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the gym to leave. I go gym. to the gym with the sole purpose of leaving the yep. gym. Take a selfie, say <laughs> I'm in the gym. Yep, then that's leave right. right, right then out. leave. Then leave. Yep. What that always cracks me up. I don't know how people take selfies in the gym. Like, I'm always so self-conscious that someone's going to judge me if I take a selfie in the gym. I never take selfies. Well, I just want to maybe like once or twice, but... I, I, I want to. But that's like in a great, great while. Yeah, I want to, but I just feel like I'm going to get judged, so I don't. I've honestly never had the the urge. To take a selfie? Mm. Sometimes well, I'm like, dang, my arms look ripped. I need to take a picture of it. Yeah. But I don't. Who knows? I don't. I don't take a picture of it. And different personalities for different people. Yes. All right, let's get the show on the road. Yep, for sure, for sure. Everybody ready? No. Should we do some? <laughs> What's that off of High School Musical? Okay. Yeah. Good morning, Em. Sorry. God. That was my bad. God. I just have so much to say. Benjamin. Is that your full name, Benjamin? Maybe. It is. I know Maybe it is. Maybe not. It's Benny. Benny boy. <laughs> Maybe it's Bean. Bean. <laughs> Maybe it's Bean. Maybe I'm going to call you Bean, bean from That's now what on. People, some people call me that. Bean? So, yeah. Right on. It's all good. All right. Good morning, MSUB students, and welcome back to the Retort Podcast. How was everybody's last week? Oh, um, pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain. We were talking about Valentine's Day earlier and yeah. how that went. Jordan, mm. you went to Love and Stuff. How was that? Uh, what you that? Went to go build a bear workshop thingy. That was helped help by, helped by. Da, 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 da. Sap. Yeah, by Sap. Mm-hmm. Sap. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's very crowded. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, and people help. And they also had jump. They also had jumbo. Jumbo juice. Yep, jumbo juice and coffee. Yeah. Jamba yeah, I had juice. a. I was at the Cracker Barrel with mm-hmm. my significant other at the time, so I did not make that one. But I was I, in my new apartment. And your new apartment. Yeah, I recently moved, and it was a whole ordeal. But How does it feel to be back back in your chair? Feels good. Okay, good, because be it did honest. not feel right to me to, for me to sit there. <laughs> I could see out the window, and I kept like looking at the cars and saying something about it. It's a it. little distracting. It is. It yeah. is. It's I, good that they're, the blinds are mostly closed. Yes, I, I'm very easily distracted, too. Uh, yeah, but uh, over the past week, um, I was in my apartment minding my own business and just before bed i was going to make sure my door was shut because i always shut my door before i go to sleep and so it was already pretty much closed but i just wanted to make sure 
and as I pressed on the door, it just crunched, and a hole the size of my hand was just created in my dang door. Like, I swear, it I felt think, like paper mache. I think you have superpowers. Just do this for me real fast. Just try it. Be careful, Jordan. <laughs> you better watch out. I'm aim at you. <laughs> yeah. Have you You're seen, lucky. Have you seen that video of the guy in the gym and like a weight falls and he catches it? Oh, yeah. And he puts it back I and did. immediately he starts making the Spider-Man he's hand. Like, he's like... <laughs> and, and obviously this is a podcast. You can't see us, but we're doing like the Spider-Man thing that yeah. when... With the you like put your hand middle and the ring finger. Yes, hand. how you how Spider Man shoots his webs. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. But anyways, you put a hole in your door because so, you're just way too strong. Yeah, I mean, or maybe I was incredibly angry. I mean, maybe. You know, you're right about to we'll go to bed. Know. That's usually the time you get extremely yeah, angry. Exactly. I'm just like tired, sleep deprived. I just want to go to bed. I want to make sure no monsters get in my room. Yeah. So I close the door. Well, I mean, with the door like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm like, what What help is that door doing if I put a hole in it myself? Just by touching it. Just by touching Monsters it. Monsters are definitely not going to have a problem there. It was really shocking. I didn't put any force onto that door, and it just caved in. It Dang. just. Uh, it's like they like painted it and then took the wood out from behind it, so it was just like the dried paint that was Yeah, it was there. just a shell of dried paint. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but that yeah. sounds... Frustrating. Shows the quality of my living space. Yeah. How's everything else? Is it okay or? Yeah, everything else is okay. Good. It's a a newer building and I'm pretty happy with it. Good. So. Good. Good. Is it just you or? No, I'm I'm with my girlfriend. So. Oh, exciting! That's always so much fun moving in with your. I live with my boyfriend too, so. It's always a good time. Yeah. Can't relate. (laughs) Not yet, anyways. Loser. Okay, so in COVID news, there was a task force meeting, and guess what? As of Tuesday, February 22nd, which is next Tuesday, the mask requirement comes off, and it's just going to move to a recommendation, but you don't have to wear masks in class anymore. And this decision was made with the downward trend we're seeing in COVID cases right now. So... um. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. That's pretty much all we talked about at the task force meeting was masks coming off. It's a big step. Mm-hmm. Pretty For sure. exciting. Hopefully, hopefully uh, numbers don't spike and everything. But we were talking about how MSUB is like the only place in Billings that enforces masks anymore, anywhere. That's kind of what it seems like. Like every I place go I go around. into, nobody enforces masks. Like sometimes the workers are wearing masks, yeah. but not, no one's required to anymore. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I've definitely noticed that, too, that here on campus, uh-huh. it's been a little more stringent. Yeah. And, yeah, we were talking about how people are going to get infected anywhere else before they get infected here. And it's like, if they get it, we have a good process setting up to notify and stuff. And all the other recommendations stay in place, so, like, seating charts and everything. Oh, yeah. So, um, when if someone tests positive, we can work to notify everybody that was sitting around them that they've mm-hmm. been exposed and just all about uh learning to live with it yeah pretty much because it's not going away anytime soon so yeah fun life we live in for sure okay do you want to i'm gonna how about i talk about kim kardashian and then we do your story we end with your stories sure okay because like i feel like that's like the meat of the podcast you know what i'm saying yep 
Okay, so if you've been following recent pop culture, uh, you would know that Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian are dating. And, Kim Kardashian uh, and Pete Davidson. I know. It's such an unlikely couple, honestly. Um, she's like 41, and I think he's 28, so it's quite the age difference there. But she definitely doesn't look 41. So, I mean, there's yeah. that. But uh, Kanye West has not been doing too hot, I don't think. I think he's really struggling with the divorce. And... Um, Man. He's talking about... Heavy news for him. (laughs) Yeah. Poor guy. Goodness. I mean, losing Kim Kardashian would not be very much fun in any Mm. circumstance, but uh, he is like, I don't know, I feel like he's like starting little drama for no reason. Like, did you hear he called out Billie Eilish? Yeah, I did hear about that. Because she said something about protecting her fans at her shows. She had a performance, I think. Yeah. And she was like, I protect my fans or something like that. Yeah. And he called her out for... I think one of her like, fans had like come down with something that required a... Like uh, hyperventilate or asthma attack or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But he like uh, came after her on Instagram and uh, said something about how... Like she came after Travis Scott and she was blaming Travis Scott and like all this and oh god yeah because obviously if you didn't hear we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago the Astro World disaster with travis scott which kanye west was at bt dubs he performed at oh so wait no it wasn't kanye west it was drake it was drake it was drake i always drake. get those two mixed up for some reason maybe it's because uh he goes by kanye he, it's like the one name thing maybe mm-hmm. i don't know but apparently he's just yay now did you hear that Yep, yay. Really? Yeah, he just goes by yay now. But everywhere I've looked, it says Kanye. And I'm, I've, I've always said Kanye. I don't know. I'll do my best. But, anyways. So, he came after Kim because apparently he wasn't invited to his daughter's birthday party. And he wasn't given the address. And finally, like, someone gave him the address. And he was just going on and on and on about how much he loves his kids and how he wanted to be there for his kids and how his kids... Don't know that he he doesn't want his kids to think that he abandoned them, you know, and how she's just kicking him out of his kid's life and da 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 And then he uh, came after Pete Davidson um, on Instagram. And he, uh, he does this in all caps, which is a little weird. He writes in all caps. And I just read it like he's yelling, obviously, because it's on all caps. He yeah. says, I don't have beef with Kim. I love my family, so stop that narrative. I'm not giving up on my family. I bought this. So it's a picture of Kim and Pete. He posted it on Instagram. And Kim's wearing this coat. And he said, I bought this coat for Kim before SNL. I thought it was particularly special. I have faith that we'll be back together. I never said I never had anything against Daily Mail. I got love for everyone in the media and wish you all the happiness in the world. And then it was like, I speak directly to the media outlets in the same way a ball player speaks to the refs. The world is our court like a basketball court in the court of public opinion. We have a public, and there's no punctuation at all. I'm reading it exactly like it. Oh, <laughs> we no. have a public relationship because we are public figures. So to the public and the press. Sometimes people call me crazy, but to be in love is to be crazy about something. And I'm crazy about my family. Happy Valentine's. <sighs> and he also did very took four roses to Kim Kardashian on Valentine's Day. He gave her roses? A chocolate. I feel like he's like just slowly losing it. 
you know? I don't know. But what a guy. Somebody delivers a brand new truck with, with a full of roses in the back. True. But they are also divorced. True. And it also, I don't know, it feels like if he wasn't a celebrity and if she wasn't a celebrity, his actions would be seen a little bit differently. Like, they wouldn't be seen as, like, funny celebrity drama. They would be seen as harassment. Yeah. So it's just an interesting thing to uh, think about because, I mean, so Kanye posted a photo of Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian holding hands on his Instagram and said, look at this D-head. I wonder if Instagram going to shut down my page for dissing Hillary Clinton's ex-boyfriend. Which I don't understand that. Does anybody understand that? Why? Did Pete Davidson date Hillary Clinton? I don't know. I don't know. I never heard of that. Yeah. That's I don't get not it. Really, I'm not connecting any dots there. No. <laughs> it literally says, thank you to all my fans for having my back. He captioned a later post. And you can Google that Hillary thing. I'm not making this up. Pete Davidson. Pete and Davidson Hillary? and Hillary Clinton. All right. Hold real quick while we look into this. <laughs> furious Googling. We need like elevator. Oh, does he have a tattoo of Hillary Clinton? Maybe that's the reference. If he does, I'm going to crap myself. Yeah, according. He yeah, he does. <gasps> that's so funny. Yeah. Is this an Instagram post? He says wanted. He made a post saying wanted to get at Hillary Clinton a Christmas gift, so I got a tattoo of my hero. Thanks for being such a bad ass. I don't know if I can say that. Bad butt. Bad butt. Thanks thanks for being such a bad, bad butt. That's that's how my little brothers curse. (laughs) And one of the strongest people in the universe. So... I don't know. I guess it just looks like he genuinely supports and likes Hillary Clinton, so that must be the reference. And there is a picture of them together, too. I did see that. I did see that. And it's also posted on Reddit. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Context. Yeah. So apparently, um, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian met on Saturday Night Live. Have you ever, guys ever seen Saturday Night Live? Not recently. Yeah, I haven't recently either. Me either, it's been but a while. he was Aladdin and she was Jasmine. And apparently after uh, that, like, just blossomed. That was eight months after her divorce with Kanye, which feels like, I don't know. I mean, I can't say anything, but it feels really soon to, like, divorce your husband of how many years? You have four kids with him, and then eight months later. I don't know. I've never been married. I've never been married to Kanye West, so I can't really talk, but... I don't know. On the outside looking in, it seems a little bit soon. I agree. Um, It looks like on the SNL, they had a big kiss. So I wonder if... That was the beginning. That was probably the the kicker. (laughs) Um, And then he talked about how he didn't realize that typing in all caps uh, would uh, make it seem like he was yelling and like being aggressive. He's like, I didn't realize that uh, talking in all caps da, 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 would. What else would it mean? I don't know. Of... I don't know. I mean, you clearly have the option to type in all caps. so. Yeah, I don't understand. He apologized for harassing Kardashian by sharing his text from her on Instagram in which she allegedly shared her fear of Davidson getting hurt. 
he's taking accountability and is learning in real time. So he like he shared he really text? just exposed her. Yeah, like for, oh. okay. I don't know. I feel like he's just slowly losing it. I could be completely wrong, but that's just on the outside looking in. That's how it seems. I'm losing track of people. This is Kanye, right? Yes. Yay. But yeah, I mean, I've heard that he he has a lot of mental stuff to sort out, so he's an emotional guy. I feel like he's just going through heartbreak. He doesn't yeah. really know how to deal with it. It adds on top of everything else that he's dealing with, too. And now, it's time for... Stories with Jordan. Stories with Jordan. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, so, so for this week's episode, we're doing we we are our episode is focusing on Black History Month, and to kick off this this first story is the first man who who basically created who helped create the the first black. Black History Black History Month, but originally, which was, which was the uh, we started as the Black History Week back in February. Back in back in Feb yeah yeah back in February, back in February, and to start off, to start off the story will be a quote: "If you can control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his action. When you determine what a man shall think, you do not have to concern yourself about what he will do. If you make a man feel that he is inferior, you do not have to compel him to accept an inferior status, for he will seek himself. If you make a man think that he is justifiably an outcast, you do not have to order him to the back door. He will go without being told. And if there is no back door, his very nature would, would demand one. Carter G. Woodson the miseducation of a Negro. And this is the story of Carter G. Woodson. Carter G. Woodson was a scholar whose dedication to celebrating the historical contributions of black people led to the establishment of Black History Month marked every February since 1976. Woodson frequently acknowledged that black people should be proud of their heritage and all Americans should understand the largely neglected achievements of black Americans. Woodson over, overpowered early obstacles to become predominantly histor, historian and author of several notable books of black, on black Americans. Born in 1875 to illiterate parents who were previously enslaved people, Woodson's schooling was erratic. He helped out on, on the family farm when he was a young boy and as a teen worked in the coal mines of West Virginia to help support his father's merging income. Hungry for education, he he was largely self-taught and mastered typical school subjects by age 17. Entering high school at the age of 20, Woodson completed his diploma in less than two years. Woodson worked as a teacher and a school principal before obtaining a bachelor's degree in literature from Beretta College in Kentucky. After graduating from college, he became a school supervisor in the Philippines and traveled throughout Europe and Asia. In addition to earning his master's degree from University of Chicago, Carter became the second black American after W.E.B. Wu Dokes, Harvard University. He, he joined the faculty of Howard University, eventually serving the Dean of College, uh, College of Arts and Sciences. After being barred from attending American Historical Association conferences, being dis, dis, despite being a 
dues-paying member, Wilson believed that the white-dominant historical profession had little interest in black history. He saw the African-American contributions overlooked, ignored, and even, even suppressed by the writers of his, history textbooks and the teachers who used them. Wilson realized he would create a separate institution structure for black scholars to study their perseverance black history. With funding from several philanthropic foundations, Wilson, the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History in 1915 in Chicago, describing its mission as the scientific study of, of the neglected aspects of Negro life and history. The following year, he started the Scholarly Journal of Negro History, published under the Journal of African American History. Wilson came to believe that Af African American contributions were overlooked and ignored and even suppressed by the writers of, of history textbooks and the teachers who used them. Wilson's devotion to showcasing the contributions of black Americans bore fruit in 1926 when he launched a Negro Histori History Week in the second week of February to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Dux Douglass. Wilson's concept was later expanded into Black History Month. Wilson died in the died from a heart attack at the age of of seventy four in nineteen fifty. His legacy lives on every February when schools across the nation study Black American history, empowering Black Americans and education educating others on the achievements of Black Americans. Throughout his life, Wilson published many books on Black history, including A Century of Negro Migration, nineteen. 1918, the education of the Negro prior to 1861, which was published in 1919, the history of the Negro Church, published in 1921, and the Negro in Negro in Our History, published in 1922, and that is the history of Carter G. Woodson. Wow, so he graduated, he got his diploma in less than two years. Yeah, his high school diploma. That's insane. Like I feel like. Less than two years. I feel like you could do that in college, like, a lot easier than you could in high school. I don't know. I feel like high school, when you have eight classes a day or seven plus a study hall, that's what I had. I don't mm. know what you guys had. Like, I feel like it'd be impossible to do that. But maybe, what 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 time was this? What time was he born? Uh, it was born in 1875. Okay, so maybe back then it was uh, not the same as it is now. But that's just, that's... A, crazy feat honestly and he put it in february uh between it was originally it was, it was just a week long yeah week long between abraham lincoln's birthday and frederick Douglass' birthday and frederick Douglass birthday wow neat stuff i did not know that the more you know indeed his i'm just reading his wikipedia um and it says you you probably mentioned this already, but it says that he had to put off schooling even, um, because he was working in the coal mines of yeah. West Virginia. Oh yeah. So, even on top of that, he managed his his educational careers. Working in shocking. a mine would be absolutely terrifying. That, yeah, that must be like. I am so claustrophobic; it hurts. Like I could not. Mine. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen pictures of of what that looks coal like. Miners. Coal like coal miners. miners coming out of the mines, they're just completely covered in soot, head to toe. And yeah, like I don't know how how far deep they go into the ground, but like I've seen images where like I mean they need these specific mining machines, and there's only so much clearance 
down in those caves and oh my god the machinery all the dust the the lack of oxygen down there oh my god terrible but you stop I'm gonna pass out <laughs> I think I was crushed to death in my past life or something because I am so claustrophobic we should go visit a shut mine up. just shut to up yeah add to your claustrophobia how about you go and I'll uh, yeah, maybe Stay I'll here. go and I'll record a video. I'll do some okay. interviews with whoever's down there. We'll send yep. you. The mole people? Yeah. Hopefully we'll find some mole yeah. people. I mean, I think you will, honestly. It'd be nice to get some open If you don't find mole people, just don't come back, okay? Well, <laughs> that <laughs> sounds good because eventually we'll get a mole person. Eventually <laughs> there will be a mole person. <laughs> eventually. Anyways. All right, so so have have either of you heard about Betty Poop? Betty Boop. Yes, I have heard about Betty Boop. Yeah. Well, originally that that was that was cast off. That wasn't the original person. I did actually kind of know this, but not. I don't know. I know the original inspiration for her was an African American woman. Yep. I do not know her name. I do not know her story. So yeah. enlighten me, Jordan. All right. Nothing is nothing is original. Still, from anywhere that resonates with the inspiration or feels you imagine, devour old films, new films, music, books, paintings, phot- photographs, poems, dreams, random conversations, architecture, bridges, street signs, trees, clouds, bodies of water, light, and shadows. Select only things to steal from that speak directly to your soul. If you do this, your work. Parentheses and thief will be authentic. Authenticity is invaluable. Originality is non-existent. By Jim Jamrich, from the book Still Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Here is the story of Esther Jones, the true inspiration of Betty Boop. In nineteen in 1919 or nineteen twenty, Jones was born was a born performer in Chicago, Illinois, who first took the stage at age four. Her parents Ger- Gertrude and Will. William Werther were her original managers. In her performance, Jones danced, make, dance, make funny faces, and used phrase boop, a boop, a doop, and but the word of Jones' performance quickly swept New York City. It was a long before she was performing regularly in the Big Apple. In 1924, when she was barely four years old, Lou Bolton stepped in, stepped in as, as her manager, and Jones' booking, booking and profile increased exponentially. A 1920 article in Vanity Marvel at Jones by the, by then, seven years old and going by Baby Esther and her performance at the Everglades nightclub in New York City. The child was small for her age and said to be an ex- exceptional black bottom dancer. Read the report. The crowd in the place original original well, in the crowd in the place continually applauded the dancer. Jones also had had a booking agent named Tony Shane, who regularly booked another aspiring singer and dancer named Helen Kane. As the Supreme Court of the State of New York were later found out, Kane attended the Everglades, as mentioned above, night performers where she had front row seats with Shane and Bolton. Jones' performance inspired Kane, Kane to incorporate it into her own act, an act that would forever be in, immortalized in the Betty Boop cartoons. In 1920 and beyond, it was pretty standard for white performers to steal, steal the actions from the black, black counter, counterparts without credit or compensation. But whereas black performers of today can rally people to their cause using the power of social media, black performers of the yesteryears, like Esther Jones, were quite as lucky. 
So Helen Kane continued to swipe her, her own act from Baby Esther and became infinitely more popular than the original. Kane became so popular, in fact, that when, when the Betty Boop cartoon debuted in 1930, it was all completely Kane style. And according to the New York Daily News, Kane felt exploited by by Fletcher and the Paramount Publics Corporation. And as the cartoon became wildly successful, Kane felt slightly by the boop boop a dupe and without a shred of self-awareness or irony proceeded to file a $250,000 lawsuit against Max Fletcher, Betty Boop's creator just just two years after the cartoon finance debut on the big screen. But Kane's suit ultimately backfired on her because Bolton, jo- Bolton Jones' manager was called to testify on behalf of Fletcher and Paramount Publix Corp. A article article in, in the New York Times New York Times reported on Bolton's testimony wherein he stated that he coached a little Negro girl to sing a boop boop a doop that Betty Boop ultimately made famous. Interestingly, Kane's attorney, Kane's attorney, cross-examined Bolton and asked whether Baby Esther had been paid for her loss of revenue, and Bolton confirmed that she had not. Ultimately, the judge ruled against Kane, and she walked without a dime. Historian Charles Solomon summed up the judgments, judgment succinctly. The Fletchers won the case by proving that that a black entertainer named Baby Esther had previously used the phrase phrase before either Kane or May Questa, the voice of the actress who provided the voice for Betty Betty Boop in the original cartoon. In other words, Esther Jones was the original Betty Boop. Very little is known about Esther's life or death after the infamous Betty Boop Boop trial. Many photos of Baby Esther were actually of Esther's other performers, and Baby Esther is the most commonly confused with jazz jazz singer Little Esther Phillips. According to Harlem World, Baby Esther died in 1984 from liver and kidney complications brought on by, by a drug overdose. But according to Essence, Jones is believed to have died shortly after Kane vs. Fletcher trial concluded. Regardless of the truth about Jones' later life and death, the fact that her story continued to be so obscure in 2021 is a testament to how truly hidden she is as a historical figure. Despite being the original Betty Boop inspiring one of the most enduring cartoons of the 20th and 21st century, Jones' old life is all but an enigma and neither she nor her family ever receive a penny for the contributions. As of 2021, two sub- subsidiaries of Paramount claim ownership of Betty Boop. Olive Films retains the home video rights to the cartoon, while while Trifecta has the has the television rights. Vintage Betty Boop items can be, can fetch hundreds of dollars on auction sites, and there are various festivals and cosplay convention conventions that celebrate the cartoon character. But none of it would have been been possible without Esther Jones, the original Betty Boop with the voice that that river bears through the ages. Wow, that's such a great example of karma, honestly. She stole uh, Baby Esther's act, and then when a cartoon was made about Betty Boop, she tried to sue, and they were like, actually, you stole it first, so. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Why are you making that face? Well... 
For a number of reasons, I'm just. You scared me. I thought the like I, the laptop. I made blew a up face because the laptop was about to fly away, and then I'm also <laughs> making a face because there's so much going on out there. I know there's sirens. <laughs> there's and like stuff a fire truck. There's two police cars. There's an ambulance really? out there. I mean, oh no! It's like not really unusual for for that corner for especially. 27th, so, <laughs> but I, it I is just very distracting. Truck. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That corner especially is really deadly. Yeah. Wow. That's just, I don't know. It's, and it goes back to your first story, like how black history is erased throughout time. Like we don't even know when she died or how the rest of her life was lived. And she was like this icon that everybody knows about was based off of her. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she didn't see any of the profit from that. It's really sad. Yeah. The lack of record is like, astounding mm-hmm. like everything nowadays is pretty well documented it's disappointing that yeah yeah especially now you got social media to add to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah no if social media was around back then i like to think that her life would have went a little bit differently but all right let's go for story number three the woman behind jackie kennedy's wedding dress Style is the only thing you can't buy. You can't buy. It, it's not in a shopping bag, a label, or a price tag. It's something reflected from our soul to the outside world and emotion. Albert Albaz. Here's the story. And low. On September 12, 1953, Jacqueline Lee Bovier floated down the aisle in a cloud, cloud of ivory, ivory colored taffet and tiny wax flowers toward her husband-to-be john f kennedy her stunning wedding wedding gown drew worldwide approval but the woman behind the dress a black fashion designer named ann lowe ling- lingered uncredited in the shadows but ann lowe was more than a fashion fashion designer she was the fashion designer for new york's upper crust lowe even described herself as an awful snob who didn't didn't make dresses for just anybody Still, Lowe rarely got her due. Even Jacqueline Kennedy dismissed her wedding dress designer as a colored woman dressmaker to the press. But in recent years, Anne Lowe's beautiful dresses are getting well-deserved second look. Anne Lowe was born in Clayton, Alabama in 1898 to a family with an eye for beauty. Her grandmother, born into slavery, designed dresses for her mistresses. And Lowe's mother had a talent for embroidery. Lowe learned learned from them said national museum of american history curator em- emeritus Na- Na- nancy davis she was really gifted but she was also part of the lingerish uh, seamless and really kept really capable ones the three women started a successful dress business dress company in montgomery alabama but tra- tragically struck in the family in 1914 when lois mother died Lowe, just 16, picked up her mother's work as she produced designs for high-end clients like the First Lady of Alabama, where a first talent spread. All the pressure I have had, I owe my suing. Lowe later declared her passion drove her work, and her work moved her to New York City, where she enrolled at the S.T. Taylor Design School, Design School in 1917. Because, because she was the only black student, Lowe was segregated from others. She studied in a room by herself, but Lowe's work was so extraordinary that instructors constantly held it up as an example to others. Upon her graduation, she opened up Anne Lowe's gowns in Harlem, and soon Lowe was making dresses for New York's upper echelon, the Roosevelt's, the Rockefellers, and the DuPonts. In 
I love my clothes and I'm particular about who wears them, Low said later. I sued for the families for the social register. One of our clients was the Osteolosis family whose youngest daughter, Jacqueline, was about to marry. Janet Lee Atrolos, Jacqueline's boyver's mother, enlisted Anne Lowe to create the perfect wedding dress. According to Lowe bio biographer Julia Faye Smith, Janet wanted her daughter to have a large, elegant fabric and fairy tale dress. Even the gown's father weighed in. Joseph Kennedy wanted something spectacular with an eye on his son's political future. So Lowe got to work. She and her assistant labored for months perfecting the intricate folds of the gown with more than 50 yards of silk taffet. But then the unthinkable happened. Lowe's studio flooded. Not only the wedding dress destroyed, but, all, but so were all the bridesmaid dresses. Lowe, just, Lowe had just, just 10 days to recreate the entire array. And she did, did it at a loss without even informing the families of what had happened. The Kennedy's wedding was off without a hitch. Everyone adored Anne Lowe's wedding dress except for the bride. Jackie didn't love the dress and people asked, asked, who, asked her who did, it, who did the dress, explained Rosemary E. Reed Miller, the author of Time, Time the Fabric of History, Profiles of African American Dressmakers Designers from 1850 to Present. She said, I wanted to go with a go to France, but the color dressmaker did it, and Anne Lowe was devastated. The years years following the, the Kennedy wedding were, were difficult for Lowe. Her, Lowe. her son, who helped run her dressmaking business, died in a car crash in 1958. Too late, I realized that, I dress, that, that dresses I sold for $300 were costing me $450, Lowe said. She declared for bankruptcy, bankruptcy, but an anonymous beneficiary stepped in and paid paid her debt. Many believe it was Jacqueline Kennedy, but eventually Lowe's opulent designs fell out of fashion. Lowe herself died in 1981 at age 82. Her contributions to American history and fashion overlooked or ignored the mainstream industry. But Lowe was never forgotten. Her dresses were a part of the permanent collection at the National Museum of African American History and Culture, which opened in 2016 and were in were included in the FIT 20, 2017 es exhibition, Black Fashion Designers. Now her designs have earned a renaissance of interest and admiration, and for good reasons with all the political movements happening right now that has been building up over the last century, people are interested in the history of black artists, black creatives, and so many industries, said Elizabeth Way, an assistant curator at the museum at FIT. Black designers have always been working in the industry, and there is a legacy there. So she made all the dresses. Her studio floods. Yep. She has 10 days to remake all the dresses. She does it without even mentioning that her studio had flooded. Yep. <laughs> That's so cool. I feel like she almost couldn't say that her studio flooded because everybody wouldn't have thought that she could have made all those dresses. Yeah. So she did it out of like necessity. But I just looked up Jackie Kennedy's wedding dress. And it's something I've never seen before. And mm -hmm. it is really gorgeous. It's very pretty. Uh, it's definitely, like, of the time, obviously. It's, mm. Yeah, for sure. But it's I think it's pretty. I think she looks like a princess in it. I, I really do. I think she looks like a princess. Mm. Wow. Definitely has that, like, pluming skirt look yeah, to it. Like a ball gown, kind of, almost. Really not not like a full ball gown. but Yeah. But it's really... It's comparable pretty. to a ball game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think she looks gorgeous. Man, I forget 
would that would that textures on clothing that's kind of satin fluffed. or no, I know there's some like I know you can get some like white button up shirts um, that like have that have ruffles that, yeah something like that I don't remember what those are called though but that's what this dress has yeah I think it probably has like a wire skirt underneath it mm-hmm to, That's what I would guess. Probably yeah. tulle. Are you thinking of tulle? It probably has tulle around it and underneath the dress. But are you thinking about the ones that have like the ruffles right here? Like a yeah. pirate? I think that's just fabric, my guy. I don't know, though. I'm not a pirate. But. Well, I might be. I'm offended. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I should have asked you before I assumed <laughs> yeah, that you're you not a pirate. Asked me. I clearly know what it is anyways. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the one, the expert over you're here. You're the pirate expert. Yep. Jordan, thank you for those fun stories. Enlightening oh. stories, yes, too. Yes, I always learn something. It's always it's always so much fun. And then I relearn it again when I edit these episodes. Because <laughs> that's how terrible I am at remembering stuff. I'm you like, oh, yeah. I do, and it just cements it in my memory. Yep. Have you guys ever heard about the Kennedy curse? Yeah, I heard about it. We should do an episode on that because it is haven't. insane. It's like the rumor that the Kennedys are cursed. Because obviously JFK was shot in the face. Yeah. And there's like, um, his brother was shot. Yeah. And then his like sister was lobotomized. I don't know if that's what it was a sister. Maybe it was like his cousin or something. There's car crashes. There's abductions. Like it's crazy. Oh, Their yeah. entire family just goes through the ringer. But we could definitely do a whole episode on that. There's enough there to make a whole documentary. Yes. Which it's, I'm sure exists. Yeah. Yeah. We should watch it. Alrighty, Jackets. I think that's all we have for you this week. Um, happy studies, happy listening. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Facebook. And we will see you next week. Leave some comments. Yeah, let us know what you on think. On Facebook, yeah. And leave us a rating on Spotify. Heck yeah. Our lives are stories in which we write, direct, and star in. In the lead you row, some chapters are happy while others bring lessons to learn. But we always have the power to be the heroes of our own adventures. Juliet Speranza. Juliet Speranza.